On my screen, I'm showing up pretty good. It is about that time again for a phenomenal, powerful, informative show on Ready, Set, Real Estate. I'm so hyped today, y'all. I am so hyped. I, I think I'm hyped all the time, so there's no excuse, but I really enjoy when I get to bring industry professionals and colleagues uh, to the show to build, build together. You know, people love to kind of seem like we're out here trying to get a piece of the pie, but I really love to say that we're all bakers, we're all creative, we're all innovators, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners, and we are supporting one another in what we are doing. Providing services, providing solutions to our clients, and being resources to one another and how we can continue to build the empires that we seek to build for ourselves and our family. So I welcome, I welcome Angelo Dickens II, Realtor Partner from Remax Realty to the show. Angelo, welcome to the show. How are you? Hold on, let me do that again. Here we go. Angelo, welcome to the show. How are you? I had you on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a good morning. How you doing this morning? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Forgive me. I, I had uh, when I, we were coming in on the sound, I made sure I put you on mute because sometimes people are like talking while we're trying to record. It's like, wait, shh, we haven't started. We're starting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, I'm really excited about this topic because uh, we definitely have a pool of people that are you know, wanting to negotiate our services, our money, count in our pockets, uh, because there's uh, new platforms uh, mm -hmm. available now. And I just wanted to come on and build with you. You you actually shared a post and yeah. really spawned, I think, a dialogue, which is really great. I love that we're, we're creating content that spawns dialogue in the communities and the tribes that we have on social media. Mm -hmm. And I, I've watched your videos and I like that you are about educating, empowering, providing information. Yeah. And that makes me so happy. And you're actually in California. Let me say this y'all about Angelo real quick. Angelo and I connected. Uh, he didn't accept my offer. There's one guy that did not accept <laughs> <make> my offer. <laughs> you got you to be a little bit quicker. <laughs> yes. How many hours? You said like 12, six. It was like maybe eight, it was 10 like, hours. It was just literally just less than eight hours uh, difference between us catching a midnight train together. <laughs> so, yes. And people realize and then people will learn why I'm quick to write it up, lock it in. I call yeah. the agents, we're negotiating, we're talking. And Angelo was, Angelo and I were building rapport over a transaction and a property that I must say, and I really wanted to, I think this is where we're gonna segue. Uh, that property, you were offering, you were the listing agent, I was oh, a what? selling agent, right? So for those of you who are not familiar with those terms, we like to keep it basic and simple on this show. So the listing agent represents who, Angelo? The listing agent represents, represents the seller. Absolutely. And the selling agent, who I was representing, represents the buyer. And so I reached out to Angelo on one of his listings and saw he was paying 4% commission. I was like, yo, I need a lot of that. <laughs> Talk yeah. about incentive. I mean, yes. So, Angelo, before we dive into just kind of how you got to that okay. offering selling agent 4%, please share with us uh, who you are, where you're from. I think you can tell it better than I can. 
Um, so I'm Angelo Dickens. Uh, I go by ABA Estates on social media. Um, you can find me on Facebook and, and uh, Instagram, ABA Estates. I'm also on LinkedIn, just under my name. Awesome. Um, I'm pretty much all about uh, just progression and growing and just learning, um, just kind of taking steps. Uh, I'm originally from Cleveland, um, Ohio. Huh. Moved, moved out to California about 14 years ago. Wow. Um, okay. So Ohio's in the building. <laughs> I was in the military in the Navy, so um, I was stationed up in like in the Seattle area. So I decided to move down here and made the 20 hour drive down here. Um, who actually, I, I knew a friend of mine that we grew up together in Cleveland. He had moved out here um, my senior year of high school. Mm. So uh, I had already visited him a few times and I kind of liked the LA scene. And I said, you know, why not, why not try to, you know, give it a shot since I'm already out on the West Coast um, instead of moving all the way back home. Um, cause you know, you, you get in them situations where you like 10 years, 15 years later, you're like, Oh, I wish I would have tried this or I would have done that. So I, I took the opportunity to do so. So been out here since. That is amazing. I'm really happy to hear you say that because I think we probably do both see this in our business where people are saying I might as well. And it really takes a sense of courage and a lot of support for people to to make that step into investing in real estate because it's not cookie cutter it's not it requires resilience it requires determination on our clients and even on sellers you know yeah. sellers who first time sellers is what i'm noticing especially in this market we've dealt with a lot with the first time sellers and they know what it's like on the buyer side and uh, when when you're selling a property it's a whole different experience and so this is kind of where I wanted to talk about, um, you know, for those who are considering selling for the first time and you are shopping agents, shopping real estate brokerages, uh, what are some things that you are seeing in terms of the full service, like you mentioned, full service professional real estate brokerage and companies versus the online brokerages that we're seeing that kind of has made, I think, overall, the industry uh, feel like we're under siege. And I use that word because it that's what it, it it's coming off that way. And this week, uh, actually, look forward to seeing you. We're going to be in your area. Long Beach Car Expo is going to be uh, happening next week. Oh, so yeah, the uh, re reimagined thing. The reimagined Car Expo. And that's happening next week in Long Beach. And I anticipate this is going to be a dialogue. Uh, that we're going to be hearing about the, at the convention. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So share with us, you know, and I saw, I think you have another listing. So as you, as a listing agent and working with uh, individuals, are you cutting corners? You're cutting commissions. How are you distinguishing yourself uh, in your business model with what we see happening with the online brokerages wanting to offer the low 1%, you know, save, save, on selling your home, whatever their taglines are. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not kind of, I'm not moved by it because I'm not a competitor with them because okay. my business model is different. So I'm not offering discount commissions on my business because that's not my model because I know what value we bring. So I wanted to talk with you about that. Um, I haven't really, <clears throat> as far as buyers ran into people that are, coming from like a, a, a riff in or uh, maybe some type of like a purple bricks situation. Um, I've met all my buyers just organically through uh, open houses and um, like uh, home, either home buying seminars or uh, different type of events that I put on personally um, where I sponsor them. Um, so I've actually, I mean, I have shown buyers uh, homes that have been associated with like a purple bricks or riff in. I've met those agents. Um, I have a friend who's married to a Redfin agent. Um, my exposure to them in the industry is, um, I do know that essentially um, they're kind of like uh, employees of that, you know, brokerage, mm -hmm. um, kind of online tech technological type of brokerage uh, type of setup. Um, you do occasionally get buyers who come across and are looking for an agent to uh, give them some kind of, you know, uh, rebate or refunds. Um, I, I actually, I, I worked with a, a client of mine who uh, I actually did four deals with um, and she was promised a uh, rebate 
or refund from uh, another agent she was working with, but he had lost her trust. And mm. I actually met her at a home buying seminar of mine. Um, she was invited by a coworker who I was kind of, you know, working with, you know, just trying to grow that business uh, with that particular right. person. And so as we started kind of like looking at houses and stuff, uh, she mentioned this to me that about this thousand uh, uh, dollars refund or rebate. And it wasn't something I was really uh, stoked about, but, um, you know, I said, hey, you know, you went through the trouble of contacting me after the seminar and I, I want your business. And I was new, a newer agent. So, um, you know, I, I accepted the terms and I took them and um, I think three out of four deals, I, I gave her like a thousand dollar rebate. Um, and I'm not saying like if somebody like a buyer comes to me and they're like, hey, uh, can you mind like if they need us need something and it, it genuinely like helps them out. Right. I don't mind being like open minded to it. Like if, right. like if we're battling with a seller and an agent over repairs or, you know, if the buyer needs a some certain amount of closing costs or something to help out to a right. repair and I'm contributing and the other agents contributing the seller, that's a nice little mix. I don't mind doing that. Now, if you got people just coming up to me saying, Hey, you know, I want this, I want that. I mean, in a way it is kind of discounting what we do because I wouldn't go, to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee and be like, yeah, you know what? Um, let me get a dollar off. You know, um, I'm just in a discount kind of mood. Right. I think you have to just kind of take it, you know, situation by situation. Um, right. Right. So I don't, but just overall, I don't want to be a discount agent, but I understand um, when you're new at something, um, you probably don't have the courage or the confidence to stand up to that person um, and say no. Um, but I think as you, get more experience and you feel more confident in yourself and your abilities, you, you, you'll eventually get to the point where you're like, you'll, you'll stand firm. Um, and you see that I, a lot of times. Yes. Um, I actually, I really want to just kind of build on that right there. Let's yeah. say shout out to Amber Hardwood Dickens. She's in the building supporting. Thank you. for <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to build on that because yes, very important when you say, the confidence is within that individual yeah. agent professional to stand firm. Because when I started, when I was in the business, I, now this year made it 12 years. When I first started, it was taking on everybody, right? Take, you want to take on everybody and people are not really ready. And then not saying, not drawing the line where I am in my business is, we do discuss what our commission level is. And mm -hmm. you, you touched on so many things that I really commend you for saying, because it's not necessarily about rebating or giving someone a discount when we're talking about we're full-time full agents or full-service uh, brokerages. But you touched on if you need it to close a deal, you need it to, to help on the interest, right? Buy down the rate, help with your closing costs, because most buyers are not prepared to pay an additional two and a half to 3% yeah. in closing costs when they've been preparing and saving for 3% to 5% on their down payment. And repairs, negotiating repairs, right? Are you an agent that's flexible in doing that? Because I, I'm thinking in a discount model, if you're already discounting, there's going to be no room for negotiating any more credits. <laughs> yeah. Because that company, that agent is going to be so tapped for funds. There's not going to be any flexibility to help the agent, the, the client mm -hmm. to get over the hump, especially when you look at transactions. Like, for instance, I had one that went five months pre-litigation. Okay. I kicked in. We kicked in to help our clients with repairs and get that deal done. Yeah. But after everybody's paid on, you know, short-term rentals, attorneys, is there money in the pot to yeah. get it done? If you're offering a discount, it's, it's really concerning for me. So when you say that, I'm so glad that you're touching on being firm, yeah. right? For me, I don't take everyone on as a client. Yeah. And it, it had to get, I had to get my business my level of confidence in investing myself to say, uh, yeah, if this is not a right fit, I'm happy to refer you. I'll refer you to Angela. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take them. And, you know, but yeah. Right, because sometimes personalities don't fit, you yeah. know? I'm, I'm probably where you were 10 years ago. So. Yes. And sometimes it's exactly that. And, and being honest and flexible with myself. And I'm happy to do that. I've definitely yeah. been happy 
to say to people, this is, this is not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because when I, when we, in our business, it's word of mouth. Like you said, I love that you said organic yeah. meeting people organically, right? These are the things that you've invested in. And for those of you who are listening to thinking that we become like the ish or the it overnight <laughs> is not yeah. overnight. Yeah. You know, you're building your book of business. It takes you doing the seminars and the workshops and the networking and putting yourself out there so that you're connecting with more people. The more people you know, the more money we make. We covered that on the last episode. So yes, I see all <laughs> say yes. You're on the you're on the right track. Okay. And I really want people to hear this because it's absolutely important that we're connecting with people organically. Shout out to Victor Dean of Vault Mortgage. Uh, in the building, one of our lender partners. Hey, Vic, thanks for, uh, Vic is doing awesome things. And as a lender partner, are you with a team that is flexible to make uh, credits and adjustments for your clients? See, online brokerages, I'm, like I said, this is not meant to bash, but it's to put full perspective for people when they're shopping or searching. Mm -hmm. And now I think that's a good thing. Are we shopping or searching for agents? (laughs) right are you shopping or are you searching for an agent because all my clients become an extension of me i become family friend yeah i just saw the client's topic uh actually when i start talking about these online brokerages it kind of relates to what you're saying right now please go ahead because i said we were going to just build on this today because it needs to be said we we were hearing everybody and and the clients feel like they're they're zillow masters (laughs) (laughs) they don't know you mentioned redfin agents they think redfin is an online search portal no it's actually a real estate brokerage yeah yep you know it's just it's so funny it's so funny so please let's talk let's continue as we're, we're building with full service and being able to provide that what does that business model look like for us and like I said, we're not, I'm me personally, I'm not competing with online brokerages, yeah. right? Because where I meet our clients, 10 toes to the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In person, door to door prospecting. So share with us um, as you continue to grow your business and uh, are you finding, are you seeing uh, online brokerages a threat at all to what you're doing as you grow? Um, I look at it like this. Um, real estate is mostly driven by sellers. And as a real estate agent, you want to be a selling agent or a listing agent. A listing agent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the goal with longevity and experience. Um, I understand that there's the pool of buyers out there is bigger than the pool of sellers. Right. Um, there's a lot of houses in this world in the United States. I mean, but not everybody's selling their home. So there's mm-hmm. always that that fine line of supply and demand. Um, just, you know, within the last year, we were, the supply was low and the demand was high. And now you're starting to see the reverse. Um, mm-hmm. So it depends on what type of agent you want to be and what you want to specialize in and, and what just kind of naturally kind of comes to you. I right. would say that buyers in general are lured by money. So a buyer just by nature is always looking for a discount or a deal, whether it be on actual property or if you have to give them some type of incentive as far as like, hey, you know, I'll cut you a little something on my commission. Most agents, uh, full service agents are offering that um, and nor should they be, be, be because that's our job. Um, we are commission based. But how, how buyers are lured into this, uh, this discount uh, online brokerage type of situations is through money. So if you have a Redfin agent or a, uh, a Purple Brick saying, hey, you know, I'm going to give you a cut of my commission because I'm already employed by this brokerage. I'm not working off a commission. So whatever's being paid to me, hey, you can have 50 percent or you can have a thousand dollars or two thousand. That creates a motivation for the buyer as far as a seller who doesn't want to say or who doesn't want to save 10, 15 thousand dollars on saving their home. You know, it puts more money back in their pocket. But you have to look at how how far is that agent willing to go for you or break their neck or have your back when you know stuff hits the fan um if somebody's on a salary 
and they're not really sweating. Hey, you know, I need to get this house sold because I'm, I'm I have ten or fifteen thousand dollars on the line. How how much are they going to go to war for you? Mm. Um, how much are they going to defend you against the other side when an offer comes in? They're asking for the piggy bank, you know, and they want you to, to build them a brand new home, basically. Um, so I think that's where those two business models are separated, like full service agents such as you and I. Um, we have a little bit more incentive of, of helping a client because we get a commission from it as to where uh, online brokerages, um, they're using mostly technology and um, discounted service or discounted fees to lure sellers and buyers in. And their technology allows them to pretty much source out their own buyers. So their their probably their end game is to bring their own buyer and own sellers together, uh, which the equivalent of to you and I would be a dual agency. Right. And we do see that actually one of the, I believe Zillow has now bought over a mortgage company. So they already have a pool of buyers. They have a pool of sellers, right? The FISBOs for sale by owners. Yeah. And the only component they were missing was the financing. Mm-hmm. So now you have uh, really all hands all, you know, one hand in the pot in yeah. all aspects of this. And then for me, uh, I don't mind dual agency. I, I, we do dual agency as a brokerage, but I will put uh, my real estate partner. I won't put my license on both deals because okay. uh, I think me professionally, personally, I think there's a fine line between doing that with being really your best fiduciary agent for both parties. It's difficult. Right? It is. Right. to uh, You know, how do I battle myself on best price, best terms yeah. right? when I know so much on both sides? So I actually do have fun when I bring on a realtor associate to, on a dual agency so okay. that we can go up to bat together. Yeah. And then I know that we keep separate logs, uh, phone call logs and separate emails. And it's not just all. You know, it's a fine line and the, the Bureau of the Department of Real Estate, really, if, if any if you new agents or uh, renewing agents uh, pay attention when you're now renewing your license, they ask you how many deals have you double ended? Oh, OK. They are scrutinizing how many deals you are double ending. Yeah. Yeah, I've done two uh, dual agent deals. And, you know, I'll be honest. Um, <clears throat> we love honesty. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your loyalty is always going to be to who's paying your commission mm. um, subconsciously. I, I mean, just because I'm a fair person, I can go to bat for the buyer and seller. But at the end of the day, if the seller, the buyer doesn't work out, you know, if their funding falls through or if they cancel your loyalty and your 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 commitment is still to the seller. Um, right. So when it comes Absolutely. to trying to get a deal together, when you represent both sides, at the end of the day, you want to sell the house because you don't want to lose that listing. So. In a way, you're kind of still your you yep. have favoritism for the seller, and it is Absolutely. very hard to separate the two and, and to make sure you're being fair for the buyer, but also making sure you get this household. Right. Um, like I said, you're probably going to travel or do whatever you need to do to follow this home and this and this owner. Um, so if they say, Absolutely. "Hey, I want to cancel the listing, and I want to wait, I want to put it on hold, I want to draw withdraw it." you're still going to be reaching out to them and saying, Hey, are you ready? You know, what's, what's the problem? And you're going to do what you can to appease the seller. Cause right. the buyer at the end of the day just wants to buy the property, but the seller is who's paying your commission A buyer. I mean, it's very rare to buyer pays the agent's commission. Um, right. So I know that's negotiable, but it's, it doesn't happen very it's often. All negotiable. It's all negotiable. I really am happy that you said that because yes, the fiduciary duty. And I want to use those terms because as a platform to educate and empower our community with learning what this means, real estate terms and concepts, our fiduciary duty uh, from a from a listing agent standpoint is to the seller first, even if you are double ending. Yeah. Right. But you definitely actually there's a case. There's a case that just went through that on this transaction that was not dual agency. The listing agent also had fiduciary duty to the buyer. Hmm. There's a case law now referencing this. I believe this uh, finalized at the top of the year Mm -hmm. that now has made me change my conversation because of that. And so we have to be aware of this, that there is a fine line when you're feeling like you're advocating one party over the next, but you owe it to both sides. Loyalty, honesty, transparency, 
um, um, and have that liability to them. Mm -hmm. Woo! I'm feeling we. This is heavy. I know. <laughs> Shout out to Bruce Mena, who's a realtor partner. Uh, Bruce is a listing agent. You know, we're all listing agents, and like you said, the uh, listing agents tend to be the employers of the industry, yeah. yep. right? Uh, and let me explain that. So for those who are listening to us, uh, shout out for to those who are listening on the replay, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and uh, all the other great platforms. Thank you for growing our show. Thank you for supporting. I, I'm on, if you just tuned in, we're on with Angelo Dickens the second. He's a realtor partner with Remax Realty. Oh, what area do you service? I didn't get to ask you that. Um, so my office is in Los Alamitos. Uh, if nobody is familiar with the area, it's kind of like at the uh, very uh, tip of Long Beach where it meets like Orange County. Um, myself, I service uh, Anaheim, uh, which is the next big city to where I live at, which is Buena Park. And then I also uh, service Signal Hill, which is uh, where I used to live at before I moved out to Orange County about three years ago. Awesome. So you got to connect. If you reach out to me, I'll probably refer you to Angelo. Call me first and I refer you to Angela so we can work out the referral fee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, hey, this is this is how it works, right? We yeah. support one another. Yeah. I, so I wanted to I wanted to mention as as I was finishing my thought on being employees of the industry, which brings me back to the deal you like you said you didn't go with my offer, but it was a matter of six to eight hours. The yeah. incentive was four percent commission. You were able to do that because as a listing agent, you are able to make those adjustments. Tell us about that. Um, share with us just kind of how you get to say, hey, um, I can take it upon myself and offer an increased commission. So what happened with this particular property, um, it was the property you offered on at Com uh, Compton House. Uh, I... You got a offer. Well, I actually did the open house on a Father's Day and that following uh, that was on a Sunday. So Monday or Tuesday I had two offers and I did a, a, a multiple counter offer to both of them. And I got one party to come up above asking price. And they, this particular uh, um, the uh, one particular party didn't ask for closing costs, but the other did. Mm -hmm. So I did a multiple counter offer and I said, OK, you know, kind of like, you know, best and final or setting, you know, higher terms. So once I got someone to come up, I, I dare for uh, did a seller counter to them to, to make sure we were all clear that they weren't getting closing costs because this particular offer was the one that didn't ask for closing costs. So after I served them the seller counter, they said, well, we're not getting closing costs. And I said, well, you never asked for it. Mm. And so I guess the the husband was a little kind of hurt by that. Um, but you guys made the offer and came up on your offer. So after a day or two, you know, they said, you know what, um, we're probably not going to move forward. And they basically, uh, there was actually, um, escrow was accidentally opened. I don't know why. I told them, hey, wait for me to get this seller multiple counter offer back or seller counter offer back before, before you guys uh, open because I needed a signature. So they technically opened escrow. So because they didn't want to pursue the house, um, that was one canceled escrow. Um, my second time, uh, I hadn't gotten an offer. I put it back on the market probably within three days. I got another couple offers. So um, we just went with the list price, uh, no closing costs. And um, they, uh, after about 35 days, decided they want to cancel escrow. And uh, for about a week, we kind of fought over the earnest money and the escrow can the cancellation fees. So we finally agreed and we decided, OK, you're going to you're going to give up 50 percent of your earnest money and we're going to divide the fees in half. Um, so that that was really a hurtful transaction because yeah. it hurts to be in escrow about 40 days before you finally cancel. Right. Um, so what I did at that point, I adjusted. I had already had the home was listed in June. At this point, we were already in. Uh, August. Um, so what I did, I took the market appreciation, I bumped up the list price, and then I told the seller, hey, um, let's go ahead and bump up the commission. Um, because what you want to do is you want to create an incentive uh, for the buyer's agent to, to really um, encourage looking at the house and putting in an offer. But what you do also um, with the increased list price is you account for the market 
um, you know, increasing the market. But if there's any buyers out there, they're kind of like hesitant about the price. That's why you create that incentive for the, the buyer's agent, because they're going to really, you know, if somebody's saying 4% for you know, a house that's going for 415, I mean, that creates an incentive. So their agent's like all motivated. over. Let me- yeah. <laughs> so, and, and at that point, I also uh, offered closing costs. So we went, we went the total opposite way. Obviously, I still had a good product where I probably could have got list price without giving closing costs, but because of the timing and there was another business move the seller we're trying to make, I right. said, let's go ahead, you know, let's cut our losses. Um, let's go ahead and give in a little bit. I don't like to, you know, say that, but I said at this point, we've been on the market three months, not because of our own fault, but just that's how that's how the clients see it. They they see days on market and all they're gonna do is kind of come in and lowball you and the agents are going to be, you know, hey, you know, you've been on our market for 50 days or whatnot. So I said, let's create an incentive. Let's do some buy, uh, closing costs. We'll advertise it in the actual description, $5,000. Let's bump up the listing price because, therefore, you could afford to cover the closing costs and cover the commission. And even at that point, the uh, the listing price, being therefore, becomes negotiable because anything you get over your original asking price, and you know, including the market appreciation, you're winning. Listen so to that, people. Gotta, hold on, hold on. Angelo said, uh, dropped a real <laughs> estate gem for you. Say it again. Anything you get <laughs> above list price, you're winning. You set the benchmark. Yeah. And if, if you're getting above that, you're winning. Everything else is negotiable for flexibility, right? That client yeah. needs some closing cost credits. And we yeah. keep saying that a lot, especially in this market right now. Where you know, at, well, we're kind of stabilizing uh, yeah. right now. However, in a seller's market, it it and you have so many buyers competing. It's hard to get closing costs. Yeah. Yep. It is hard to get closing costs. It is very difficult to get the credits. Uh, I am fortunate to say we, our team, have been successful in getting that for our clients. Uh, and on at times, depending on you know price and location, sometimes uh, when buyers realize how it works as well, you know they come out to bat and write very strong offers as well because you really got to know how the bottom line number works. Yeah. And where I see a lot of mistakes, um, and it's not bashing on listing agents, but where, I, where a lot of mistakes are, you know, you're listing. At market value or above market value, and then you're you get your offer in low commission. You're not creating any incentive for the agent to want to push your product on their buyer. Um, you know, if you're going to do that, then just bump up the list price and then bump up the commission. You know, especially or, because you know, and that's so that's that's right. And I mean, I'm like I'm I'm moved right now to has create this movement among each other. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, hey, professionally, we should be paying attention that this is how we earn our living and this is a service we're providing instead of undercutting one another. Yeah. Um, you know, and I really appreciate that you can recognize that, Hey, I signed a, an exclusive listing agreement. And in that agreement, it says you're selling it. Yeah. Right. You are saying if you're selling it, but if you have to work with a selling agent who's going to bring a ready, willing and able buyer, you're willing to split your, commission. So if the contract says that it's actually on you, you're supposed to be the one selling it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And when you put it on the MLS, you're opening it up to negotiation, which is I will always negotiate my commission. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, my team knows this about me that that's wonderful, whatever you put on the MLS. But if I know that we can get it done with a certain time, with mm-hmm. the certain terms and conditions, I'm going to negotiate my commission. Absolutely. Because you put all, you put it out there saying, hey, I'm willing to split it because really the onus is on you when you when you took it at 6%, 6.5%, whatever you took it at. Mm-hmm. You said you were going to get it done. Yeah. Right? <laughs> all right. So cool. I'm really glad that we're touching on this and just creating a culture of a, of a dialogue mm-hmm. uh, so that people can hear just kind of the industry professionals who are full service. And like I said, necessarily if for us, 
it's not a it's not a compete. It's not it's not this competitive world that we're experiencing. There are going to be tons of people that are going to come into the industry, tons of businesses that will show up. And again, this is why I pose the question, check your business model, Mm -hmm. check what type of service you're offering and question that if you are salaried, are you fully vested in that client? Yeah. Yep. It makes a difference. And we see that all the time with customer service and people who are salaried. They're getting paid anyway, whether they, you know, help you with your, your DMV paperwork or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And unfortunately, so, um, when I met you, I was, me and the seller were at, were at our weak point. Um, but you can't show it. And that's why we created those incentives. And um, we just wanted to get it done. I mean, very, they're a very deflating experience. Um mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, we literally, you and I, I just met this, like probably just overnight days. that we missed Because um, <laughs> what I actually had to do with that offer that we actually accepted and ended up closing on, not even a full day into escrow, they canceled. So I would have had a three, I would have had three cancellations. I had to go back to them. Oh. And basically, um, they wanted a reduced purchase price. And um, of course, we, we did the closing cost. So that me as the agent, I took that upon myself to to try to save a deal and, and reach out without at that point, without the seller's uh, knowledge. I, I tried to broker a deal and an understanding and what they call cooperating agents. I tried to cooperate and right. say, hey, how, how can we get this done? We hashed out some stuff. He went back to the buyers and said, OK, you know, if we do it for 410 with the, with the closing costs, I think I had to increase the closing costs from five to six thousand five hundred. Mm. Um, but that got it done and I brought that back to the seller. So that is as agents, we need to be doing that back, back room negotiating. So I don't want to go to, you know, have a third cancel, you know, cancel with escrow and be on the market even longer. So, you know, if, unfortunately for me, they caught me at my weak point, uh, but I still, still no, persevered I, through the transaction and got it done. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily would say it's a, a weak point. Mm-hmm. It's negotiation. It's negotiation. And, and it's, you doing what you are, it's providing a service. Yeah. It's providing a service and flexibility. And yes, we all want to come out on top. Yeah. However, the best deals is when there is three wins. Seller, buyer, mm-hmm. agents, I'll say four in the universe, right? Yeah. Everyone's got to win. And this is why there's a level of compromise so that the buyer feels like, cool, I got something out of it, right? I love the home and I got a great price or I got a credit, I got a reduction on, you know, whatever the scenario is. And the seller feeling like I didn't have to give in so much. I still met my net number to get it done, Yeah. right? And we as agents, we feel successful because we're solution oriented and we concluded the sale without anybody dying. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're in probate, you're already dealing with, you know, people yeah. already transitioned. And so everyone lives happily ever after. And that that was a scenario. I just sent that email yesterday on a deal that we closed. And I said, and it all worked out happily yeah. ever after, even though we were at each other's throats yeah. over move out dates, you know, yeah. extending escrows. I love this. I love this deal. I really um, encourage so much success in you. Let's do a deal together. And let's do another. Let's do another. Any last remarks you want to leave with our listening and viewing audience? Uh, I mean, I had a wealth of knowledge about these brokers and these uh, these um, kind of like online type of situations. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got the instant offers out there, too, where Zillow and I'm open for it. I just want to make sure that. One, I'm I'm respecting your time because this I can talk. This is like my day off where I get to jump on and do my show. <laughs> yeah. And I I, I want us to really uh, hone in on people that you know do your research, read the fine yeah. print, and like you said, what is it that you're looking for? Because when you're going online shopping, you're necess- you're you're um, essentially you're looking for a deal, right? And I love that you said the psychology of a buyer is to look for a deal. Yeah. And that you know, that, that's a trade-off, I think, mm-hmm. right? That does come with a trade-off. Yeah, it does. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just kind of preparing for the show. I, um, 
like I said, I kind of haven't had too much exposure to the these two business models with the instant offer programs and the uh, online brokerage, but I definitely want to kind of just get myself informed um, so that people out there can learn because this this type of knowledge actually um, can help the agents out there as well as the buyers um, and right. sellers. And um, it, you know, as a realtor, we get this magazine called uh, Realtor Magazine. Um, so if you guys uh, look out for um, this month's edition, uh, it's called September October Realtor. And um, it's actually talking about the same stuff that uh, I'll, I'll mention, um, but that that article is like really enlightening. Um, but basically, the purpose of these instant offer programs is uh, is what they say to speed up and simplify and take out the inconvenience, basically, and insinuating to the agent mm. um, to take out the agent, buying agent, and a listing agent, and make it more convenient for the seller. Um, as to where uh, programs like Zillow, so these these are specific programs. Zillow offers, uh, Redfin Now, uh, there's a program called Knock, OfferPad, and Open Door. These are all instant uh, offer programs where all you got to do is at the click of a button, you know, you hit them up on their website and you say, hey, you know, this is my address. You know, maybe I think you may be including some pictures and some description. They'll come back to you within a day or two and give you an instant offer. And it's up to you if you want to take it or not. Um, but it, it, it comes at a condition of, they're going to want to profit on a resale of this house. So they're probably not going to give you market value. They're going to come in at a little lower market value. They're going to re require you make a bunch of repairs. And just with anything that you think is good or any kind of new business um, out there, there's always going to be pros and cons. So yeah, there, the pros will be the efficiency and the, and the speed, I guess, but you don't know there's a whole, just like with, you know, in a contractor's fine print, there's, mm -hmm. there's going to come other conditions that you're not going to see. Is it To you, it just looks like a pot of gold you know, initially, but um, once you get in that um, transaction, it's probably not going to be exactly what, you know, it was, it was made out to be. Um, and then, you know, as far as the online brokerages, you got Rex, which is uh, kind of operating more on a, like artificial intelligence type of technology mm -hmm. um, where they supply their own buyers and sellers. Um, basically it's all inclusive. You got purple bricks, which they provide agents, but the agents are working um, for them. And again, with these, these are all technology driven uh, companies. Um, some of them have, you know, employed agents. Um, you have home, home smart. Um, the only one that really kind of is real similar to like what you and I do is like Redfin. Um, they use technology, but what they do, they offer, of course, the 1.5% 1, 1. Uh, selling fee yes! to the seller. And I think they give buyers a part, partial refund of the agent's commission because because they are employees, they, they get paid from the seller. Well, that, so if you're if a Redfin home is not a not listed by Redfin, a Redfin agent will get a commission, but they'll give some of that commission to the buy uh, to the buyer. Um, it reminds me of a company that I don't know if they're still around. When they they were the ones that first started that employee model. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember when I was looking for exploring brokerages at the time earlier on in my career. Uh, Zip Realty. So they're uh, yeah. I you remember them, right? So they their agents are W two, and when I when they I I, had, I remember sitting with someone a, a recruiter, and they give you a breakdown, and I kind of was look at I was taken aback when I looked at okay I'm a W two, there's my taxes and all that other stuff, and then in there there is a mandatory rebate of my commission to the buyer, and I'm like so I don't even get to decide how much. Yeah. It's already pre-negotiated in my contract as yeah. a W-2 employee mm -hmm. of how much of my own commission gets sent back to the buyer. I'm yeah. all for helping clients. I would like it to be at my own discretion, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think in, in response to uh, how it's affecting the market, I don't think they can take over real estate, like, totally. Um, I think as time I goes agree. on... Yeah, you know, more parts of it gets implemented into, you know, our. I don't know how many baby boomers are going to be shopping online and wanting to sell their own home. Yeah, you know, I, I actually kind of I was really thinking some analogies last night. Like, what could I think of that where technology has displaced something? And I feel like the best example is a locksmith or, uh, you know, how, like back in the day, you would take our key when you're a little kid. You take your little key to like Ace or a hardware store and you get it cut because you lost your key or your parents were making you a copy. Right. Who's doing that anymore? I mean, everybody's probably going to Home Depot or Lowe's to that little kiosk and they're good. Um, but you have to think of it on a scale. Like how many people are getting keys made every day or needs an extra spare key? 
you can't like something like that can't be duplicated on a scale of real estate. Like you can't totally get rid of a realtor. Um, not everybody's going to want to go online and use an online brokerage, a ghost company to want to sell a home. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's companies out there that use, you know, employed agents. But then again, you know, when when you get into a sticky or, or messy situation, how far are they willing to go to, to really help you and give you that full service? And experience to deal with. Yeah. some of the transactions that you and I have experienced in working with clients. And uh, I think the, the, the industry's response to this movement with this low fee, uh, you know, model is, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of consolidated brokerages uh, getting bought out or converging mm-hmm. together and consolidating their resources and their money um, and investing more in marketing online because, you know, this is one brokerage out in uh, Rosemead. Uh, I think it's called, uh, Remax Titanium. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Uh, look up the broker. His name is uh, Rudy Kasuma. Um, I met this guy at a, at a Craig Proctor event, um, and what their response has been: they've employed this massive like team model where he's like the lead, uh, like team team leader, and mm-hmm. everybody kind of does the transactions through him. But they 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 invest a lot of money in marketing. They're capturing their own seller and buyer uh, leads. And they're trying to work within their own brokerage for all their deals. Um, and then they're making agents negotiate their own commission. Um, so if you ever come across this, you know, listing of, of that broker, um, it's very interesting. Um, and, we're uh, familiar yeah, with, yeah, we're familiar with Craig Proctor and that model and yeah, the lead generation. I wanted to bring on, so Whitney Payne, she says relationships between people cannot be replaced. Real estate is a relationship business. Whitney Payne, also realtor partner out in New York. Thanks for chiming in. Absolutely. And this is what we should be reminded. And this is why I said real estate. This is a contact sport. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I love this business. This is such a contact sport. And this is why when we talk about those technology models, yes. I mean, we're, we're, it's, it's nothing new. I think we, as the younger generation, that are coming in and we're seeing the technology that we're bringing and people assume that our generation actually wants to do everything online, but no, statistically it has shown that our demographic prefers to sit face to face with someone when it comes to large purchases Mm -hmm. such as real estate investing. Because even with cars, I mean, you got like websites like AutoNation and car yeah. trader and all that but you still have to go to the where the car is <clears throat> excuse me to where the car is located you still got to talk to a salesman and buy it they'll have to connect with a human being people yeah, it's, it's not like oh. matrix where you can swipe through <laughs> a bunch of cars or you know ammunition and say oh i want that and it gets delivered by amazon i mean it doesn't right. really work like that right this so uh, we have definitely have to digital imprint in time over having this discussion 10 years from now, we'll go ahead and reflect on episode on season two, episode seven, where we were talking about online brokerages and full service business models, Uh, because everyone's trying to get rid of brick and mortar. But me personally, I actually like that my clients can walk in our office and know that we're here. Mm -hmm. That for me is a good feeling. I, I especially because we've had people within our farm and advertising that they come and bring their paperwork. They can walk in and bring paperwork and walk in and say, I need help. Right? You can't replace, you know, celebrating somebody closing on the house, like giving them a bottle of champagne or a card or a gift. You can't replace taking somebody out to lunch or being invited to somebody's barbecue. Like, I don't think you can replicate that through those, those business models. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Wendy says, we need humans to execute each of the 12 steps to successfully complete a real estate transaction. Absolutely. I mean, on all aspects. And guess what? You know what? As we talked about the listing agent being the employer of the industry, they're the also the ones that is employing the escrow company, the title officer. Uh, you know, we're, we're all needed and integral where we have vendors and affiliates to do inspections and repairs. Uh, there's yeah. so many people that is connected entirely to this industry. And it is a $1.3 trillion industry annually. Yeah. I mean, if they, if, they, if this, these business models take over, then there's a lot of people that stand to lose uh, out of it, you know? So it's something Absolutely. that should be protected and, and valued. I love that. I think, you know what? And that's a great place to end. 
It is something to be valued and protected. We're on with Angelo Dickens, realtor partner at Remax Realty. Angelo, any last remarks? I know I said that before, no, <laughs> but no. I, I, I just really appreciated building with you. And it also allowed uh, other people to come in and chime in and just kind of connect with the discussion that we're having with what we're seeing happen in our industry. And again, uh, I'm, I'm going to be peeking through for that 4% next time around. I, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll submit my offer in five hours yeah. instead of six next it, time. It, you know, my, <laughs> my last closing remarks is real recognizes real. So I recognize you real, you know, you're a real person. Like for you to be able to put an offer in, not to get accepted. And that's for us to have a 30 minute conversation that, that same day. And now I'm on your show that, that rec, that shows what type of person you are. And it, we definitely had a nice, uh, report and click it you know from the very beginning because how many people get invited to go talk on a podcast with somebody on somebody that they even accept accept your offer (laughs) well said compliment received thank you yes thank you because i know guess what if not that one maybe the next one (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and guess what Next time it'll be me, right? Yeah. It might be one of my listings yeah. and you may have a buyer. And that's what we need to recognize in this industry. Really appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. And for those of you who are new to our show, remember, uh, or I shouldn't say remember, do know that Ready Set Real Estate supports our real estate focused nonprofit for the youth. We teach the next to fix the now real estate 100 youth foundation. Please check us out. Consider donating empowering our next generation to learn real estate literacy careers and help them come up in generational wealth, real estate, 100 youth.org. Angelo. Yes. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Absolutely. Be sure to connect with Angelo. He's on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. He's at ABBA underscore estates. Just check out ABBA estates. And uh, he does a lot of information on credit building and uh, I believe investing through business and EIN and all that stuff. So it's also a great resource for that as well. Just wanted to make sure you know that he's an extension of me and vice versa. Thank you again, Angelo. Really appreciate you. You guys, we are out and we'll see you next week on Ready, Set, Real Estate.